0: All right. Well, thank you for coming on the show. We definitely appreciate it. You know, we definitely wanted to get you on. We definitely are big, big fans. The first question we asked everybody on the show when you made it to the WNBA: Who was the first person to bust your ass?
1: Man, you know what? That was killing me because I was thinking about that all day. You already
0: know it's a lot
1: of a man. You know what I'm saying? It always people, is. <laughs> people try to discredit, you know, the level of talent that's in the league, and you know, watching it as a fan. And then getting drafted and getting into the league, it's like everybody is a bucket. Yeah. Everybody scored 20. I know y'all know everybody on the floor scored 20, scored 30. It's just about matchups and who hot that night. Yeah. So my first game was against Ivory Ladder.
0: Ivory so Ladder used to get you know, Ivory <laughs> Latter,
1: one of them, one of them.
2: Yeah, you know, she yeah, hyped.
1: Big, hyped, you know, just self motivated <laughs> players, you know. Yeah. And um, you know, she got hot and she her eyes got big and it's just like, man, damn, welcome to the league.
0: You yeah, my eyes get big on her. her it's
1: okay. And My eyes got big too, cause I was like, <laughs> damn, she's
2: killing.
1: It was it was cool. It was the moment, and and shit, I I struggled my rookie year, ain't no secret. It was just like, man, and you know when you come in and you. Highly touted, you know, that put a target on your back. Oh
0: yeah, price on your head.
1: Price oh, yeah. on your head. Oh you should. Now rookies that come in and, and you know they highly touted, they got all the hype, you be like, Yeah, okay.
2: okay. <laughs> I see. You. I, see you. I see. I've right. been watching you,
1: you know they see you because people watch, <laughs> people peep all game. Oh yeah, she's supposed to be oh okay, okay. You was definitely a big target on my back
3: yo 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 live on location me and d miles here in orlando staying our ass at home staying safe today we got a very very special guest we got Legend. a legendary lady from south bend who went to notre dame and put it back on the map we got skylar Diggins smith in the building we appreciate you for gracing us finally with your made presents. it mama
1: I made it i'm on the knucklehead <laughs> podcast
0: Midwest baby, South Bend, you know, Midwest yeah. representative, So you definitely we definitely love that. So yeah, South Bend yeah. and you the oldest of five. So you've been a leader and been running the five your whole life. Man, That's Man we,
1: fist. we call it, we call it the fist, right? I got my t shirt on. Okay. okay.
2: <laughs> um
1: but yeah, you know, I I came from uh, South Bend, Indiana and you know, my family is a blended family. Like my yeah. parents already married, so me and my siblings, you know, we're blended. Yeah. And so, it's pretty cool, you know, it's cool because you get to have bonus grandparents, you know, bonus siblings.
2: Yeah,
1: so It was it was dope growing up Be the oldest, you know, you got the most responsibility, you know how that is, gotta delegate, gotta move them around, make sure they, they doing what they supposed to be doing, but it's cool being able to be the oldest and see them all grow up.
0: Yeah, but th- did that start your leadership? Did it make it kind of be easy to lead, because you no. got your brothers and sisters, and Oh, they—they they yeah, just don't listen. You know, to my
1: mom—it come from my mom really because okay. my mom—I say, like my mom is five foot nothing, right?
2: She's <laughs> small, small woman. Like if
1: my mom was five nine, I'd have been six three. I'd have been all up in.
2: Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. All the
1: post. But um, no, she's a small woman, but she is very independent. You know, she raised me on her own for a few years, and you know, she just always was very independent. She had it together. So that was my example. You know, she, she was the boss, yeah. you know, so I, I got to have that as an example. So just naturally, I think, you know, I had the same personality as her, you know, it might be a gift and a curse, but I want to control, you know, I wanted to <laughs> control, you know, what's going on, the temple of the game. And it kind of just translated into hoop. you know, just seeing her being so strong and independent and having a black woman like that to look up to, you know, I just kind of, She ain't take no shit. And it was just like the same with
3: me. Right. When did you start playing as a kid? Were you playing? Cause I know sometimes at a young age, you you can't play with all girls. Did you play with girls or boys or both growing up when you first started playing? Yeah,
1: both really. Because actually in South Bend, it wasn't a a lot of females playing like that to really put together teams and league like that yet. You know what I'm saying? And it really was like avant-garde for females to play against guys. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You had right. to really be good, you know, to get on the floor and the runs. And y'all know how that goes. And it just is what it is. <laughs> and so that's how I kind of grew up playing outside. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And getting in pickups. And, you know, I had my, my stepdad, my dad, who was a director of a recreational center in South Bend, the King Center. And so that's the one thing I did have was accessibility, yeah. you know, to be able to, to go and play. <clears throat> but I had to earn it. it. I, yeah, I had to see it. But, I, you know, I, I had to earn it still. So I grew up playing against guys. I remember me and my girls, we will be in leagues in organized basketball leagues <laughs> playing against guys teams. And,
2: yeah.
1: and it's just about playing. You know, it yeah. really doesn't have a, a gender as far as when you get on the floor. It's, if you can go, you can go. Yeah. If you if you play in D, you playing D, you could be on my team. If you know how to get a bucket, if you yeah. got some you know what I'm saying? So it's See, just- them
0: was the days of no worries. You didn't have no right. worries, you just had the love of the game. <laughs>
1: you all day long. All day.
3: I don't know if it's like that everywhere, but I know it was like that for us in, in, in Chicago yeah. being Midwest too. Cause when I was in seventh and eighth grade, we always had one or two girls. I remember my eighth grade year, we had a girl named J- uh, Janae and she used to she used to be yeah. able to shoot that thing. Literally get in the game and hit jumpers. And I was like, you know, we didn't I don't know if it was because our school, or whatever, but we didn't have a girls right. and a boys and right. we just had our team. And every once in a while it would be a couple, one or two girls. Hey, you and girl.
1: Her game. Her game probably got better off of that, like playing against y'all, having to be crafty against the guys. You know, obviously, you know, at that age, you know, the length and the strength starts to separate a little bit maybe, and the height, they get bigger. So you just got to be creative and finish. And, you know, it really helped me because, you know, when y'all get in high school, people 18, you 14. When you get in college, the same thing. And even in the league, you know shit. I played against Tina Thompson. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? She was the OG, had been in the league for a minute. You know, Sue Bird, Diana. So get used to playing against competition that's better than you and don't be afraid of that. And so I always challenge females, you know, age, level, group, development, wherever you at, like shit, it's good to jump in and run, you know, with people that's better than you, or you know, somebody that can make you better.
0: Washington High School, you came in averaging a dub? Like, you you averaged a dub your freshman year? Like.
1: So Man. it was crazy because at Washington, I got to play with all my girls from AU.
0: Oh, see, I was all, I had oh, chemistry yeah. and
1: everything. Oh, that's the hardest she thing. She like you know? me. She like yeah. me in
0: high school. <laughs> yeah.
3: You
1: know, in, in, in high school, you know, it's when you come in and you the freshman, you know, you got to earn that respect. You got yeah. to, and I definitely did, but it was easier when you had some camaraderie with the girls where we could talk to each other a certain way and not take it personal. You know, I know yeah. you, you are my friend my home girl. We've been playing with each other for some years. So it was chemistry right away. And all my girls, we all went to college on that team. So everybody went to college for three different sports, basketball, track, you know, volleyball. Like we had athletes. So I had a lot of help too, but yeah, just coming in, I felt comfortable right away. So it was good competition in Indiana, you know, Indiana basketball. It was just, man,
3: right? go downstate,
1: like, you had to kill somebody to get down there, you yeah, know. Yeah. You no, know? yeah. so it, it was cool growing up in that environment because you know we really got it out the mud for real. I know people say that, but if you look at the track record, like we got that out the mud, and so it's always <laughs> like you get it and you you know you start you knowing a little bit, and it's right like up. okay, the school license girl can hoop, you know what I'm
3: saying? Like, <laughs> right. You yeah. know
1: we, we can't punk her.
3: So what point was that for you? I know you walked through the door averaging a dub, but for you in your mind, did you come right in after averaging that 20 feeling like I could do this? Or at what point was it where, you know, not only in the state, all of the colleges started coming for you, When you know what I'm saying, between freshman and senior? Because, I mean, we know what you did senior year, which was – Second to none. But like at what point in your high school career did they start coming in and it hit home for you? Like, I'm I'm. I'm you know, good. I got
1: lucky because Notre Dame was right in my backyard. I grew up like eight minutes from the university. Mm-hmm. And so as I would start to get more attention to AAU and things like that, Muffet McGraw would come to my games. Like she would start to come and what she did was she offered me a scholarship when I was in the eighth grade.
2: Mm, okay. And
1: once she, and once she did that, I was like, man, college, like I could go to college. Like I was the first one to graduate, (laughs) if I, excuse me, if I was able to get a scholarship and go to Notre Dame and play for the hometown, you know, that was always a dream of mine. But I would have to say, she started it up, you know, when I was playing and I got, had some good AAU years there, she offered me a scholarship early. And that's when, you know, more and more people, obviously, they was like, oh, wait, why are you offering an eighth grader? Let me look into her. Right. And then we started traveling more. You know, I, I started leaving the state to play basketball. And then more eyes get on you and things like that. But we didn't have like the social media. It wasn't no Twitter, no Facebook, no. I didn't get to have some them fire mixtapes with the <laughs> <you>
2: know,
1: <laughs> in the background. You know what I'm mean?
3: saying? Hey, we, we we say we talk about that all the time. Like, bro, you realize they could have. We had that when we was
1: coming <laughs> yeah. through. Like, we would have had you know, some think crazy. About what y'all did for like, the culture? If y'all would have had it back then, man, you
0: know, man, it have been so lovely. Know,
1: it, it's crazy, but yeah, <laughs> that, that's what kind of happened.
0: It sounds like old Mills now when we talk about old, holidays. <laughs> like
3: that yeah, ain't happened.
1: Like rotary phone, or
0: something. we had scouting services,
3: but Bob exactly. Gibbons streets and Smith. You got to look in the yeah. magazines and see look what's them going magazines. on. In
0: black and white too; it ain't <laughs> had no color on the, on
3: okay. the page. And,
1: and then at the tournaments, you had to play. Like that was it. That's your child. Uh, you oh, know yeah. these coaches come, but then like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta play.
0: You gotta show up.
1: You gotta show out.
0: How was it, like in high school, you know, you you go to school and then all of a sudden you get this experience where they just giving you all this attention, all the news is at your game, all your games packed. How was it experiencing all this fame coming in high school? But then did your school have like a history of basketball before you got there?
1: Yeah, we had some history. You know, we had a few players who had went on. We actually had a Jackie Baptiste she had went to Notre Dame you know she was like the one I had looked up to she went to Washington and then I had a few girls that were older that were in my AAU program who were going to and who eventually went on and went to college so it was at the time you know we didn't even realize you know what was going on I think we just were kids and like just in a bubble yeah we just was having fun so we didn't realize you know we was just like get to go out here and spend more time together yeah. You know, and so those are my legit like best friends, you know, to this day, like our children, you know, we're God moms to each other's children. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like so we were just having fun, you know, as friends and kids, you know, it wasn't really like I said, It wasn't really all that extra stuff. You know, we were able to just kind of just enjoy the moment. And so that's what we did. We didn't realize to like 10 years later that we would have sold out games. People couldn't come in. They would be turning people away, turning coaches away. You know, we had, we played at Lucas Oil Stadium for for our state game. They had to put us in the football, you know, stadium in Indianapolis. But it was it was huge amount of crowds that were coming to these games, and you know that notoriety. You don't never think that's happening, but as you just go through it, you know, it's like shit. That's cool. You know, that's cool. I'm, I'm with my girls. You know, it ain't just
0: right. you so, in the you flossy know, just, posse. You in the yeah, flossy so, posse? Y'all that cool? Yeah. The the flossy flossy, baby. (laughs) This whole crew. Yeah,
1: you can take us us nicely, you know, if you want to. You know, you can take us like that if you
2: want
1: to. it It was cool, though. You know, I had fun. And obviously being in Indiana, being in South Bend, you know, we went to state all four years. You know, I got a state ring. We lost state at the buzzer my senior year. It was a heartbreaker. But it was crazy the amounts of crowds. And just Indiana basketball being able to stay close to home, playing for Notre Dame, like that whole experience was cool.
3: So were you highly ranked early on after getting the, the scholarship offer, of eighth grade? Were you ranked as a freshman Yeah, or cause I got
1: invited to USA. That's what happened, okay. like USA basketball. And once I kind of got in that system, you know, I never really, um, I'm still in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so right. it's like I was 15 or 16. So that was like my freshman or sophomore year. I got invited to USA and then made a team and then made another team, got cut, made another team, you know, and then now still trying to get in the Olympics now. But yeah, once I got into USA, that's when I would say, you know, it kind of blew up from there. And yeah, I was, I was highly ranked, definitely, but nobody went to Notre Dame yeah. back, back then. Like I was the only uh, top 100, I think, that went yeah. to Notre Dame at yeah. that time. And so everybody was, was gearing yeah, me towards the more traditional basketball schools who were powerhouses, you know, Yukons and the Tennessees and, yeah. you know, but uh, for me, I wanted my mama to see me play.
2: Yeah.
1: So I, I wanted my granny to see me play, you know? And so I wanted to stay home, but definitely nobody was going to Notre Dame back then. So I remember it used to be people that would come up to my mom and be like, why are you letting her come to these games?
2: or you know
1: why are you letting her her come like like is she really about to to go to notre dame like when you got that summit coming to your games why are you letting her you know uh you know even entertain this
2: yeah (laughs) but
1: but my mom she was always huge on like academics so she didn't play no games so for me it was notre dame and if i didn't go to notre dame then i was going to stanford so she wasn't playing no games with
3: that tell me this a lot of people I mean we all been through high school and seeing how it go with the circuit and you know from freshman to senior year like you were somebody that was highly touted early on and still at senior year came out Gatorade player of the year female athlete of the year national you know Naismith player of the year McDonald's you did you still remain like how tough is that to be at the top early you know on, that. knowing that like yeah. he said, people got a price right. on your head and everybody gunning for you the whole time. But then you still seeing year, cause we all know stories. Each of us could tell a story of a class where whoever was ahead and then, you know, yep. freshmen and senior year guys caught up and passed them or whatever. How hard is that for you to stay on top and maintain that position? It's hard, throughout? it was
1: hard. It was hard, but you know what, like I said, maybe because it wasn't like all the social media and stuff like that, I didn't really pay attention to
2: you didn't feel who no was pressure.
1: what. You know, it, it, to who was what. I didn't really know. You go to certain AAU tournaments and that's what it was. It's like when we matched up AAU, you know, it is what it is. You know, uh, no, and that's, just, that's just me saying. I didn't really, I think I was just naive <laughs> to just like, it wasn't a social media where I could go look up, oh, you know, like that. It was like ESPN, it was yeah. some of the, you know, USA camps, obviously, where you could see your competition, but I felt great. during those moments so I just I didn't really care you know really and my mom would tell me all the time like don't be in nobody's business don't worry about what nobody else doing you just you go to the gym you put your work in and your game will speak for itself so I think that's just what it was I was so like in a cave just pooping I just that's all I wanted to do that I was just like I feel like I'm supposed to be doing what I'm doing I'm supposed to win Naismith. if I'm putting this work in you know and yeah. so that, that it's, it's harder now, honestly, as a pro. And I know y'all know, because every year, you know, the game, the level of the game is just like linear. They coming.
0: They, coming, they coming, every they draft level. they coming. It's
1: like, man, <laughs> and they stomping, you know, they stomping. Yeah.
2: yeah. And it's,
1: it's so impressive to me what they doing now, you know, but it's just even harder because for us specifically, I talk about this all the time, we only got 12 teams. Yeah. So, it's 12 spots sometimes. It's 11 spots, 12 spots. So,
2: yeah.
1: it ain't that many spots. So, yeah. you got to definitely stay on top of your game because, like you said, they coming, man. And, and it's it's so competitive, you know, to just even get on a team.
0: Yeah. Y'all look like the old NBA when it was real competitive. How, like, you know, because I seen a bunch of girls get waved. So, it be like, man, those spots is valuable. So, you got to stay up on your A game every single year. and And, like – Back in the day in the NBA, it was real competitive. People weren't giving out no information. I ain't finna tell you how to train. I ain't finna tell you put your work in. It's just like kind of yeah, we friendly, but it's kind of some every man for yourself I type stuff. I believe that.
1: I believe it. You know, and that's just it's unfortunate. I mean, I hate to say it. You know, on yeah. our side, we need we need more teams. That's what it yeah, is. Definitely we, do. You don't want to feel like it's you want it competitive, but it shouldn't. You shouldn't feel like it's only one seat at the table. We, yeah. we have enough talent to be able to fill these teams. And, you know, the way that talent is spreading out and moving around and different combinations of players, like it's a buzz around the league right now. And it's exciting. And, you know, I've been sitting here like, you know, like I'm waiting. I'm, I'm waiting. Yeah, uh, the clock. yeah no, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting, you know, but we definitely need to expand, you know, that yeah. hopefully that's the conversation that's, um, you know, obviously this is a weird time. But hopefully, that's a conversation that comes to the table soon, and we can seriously talk about that. Yeah. And uh, showing off, you know, the talent that we have in women's basketball.
0: And Stanford was the school that you almost chose?
1: Yeah, okay. you know, my girl Neka Ogumake, like she Candace was like Wiggins. my best friend. Okay. Yeah, okay. and Candace Indiana Wiggins, I love. It. <laughs> Candace, Candace Williams, I loved her game. You know, yeah. that was, like, one of my favorite wow. players.
2: <laughs> and then NECA
1: was going there. I was just like, man, they they had a squad already. Yeah. But it was so far, you know, and honestly, it's crazy because, you know, with Stanford, you have to apply and get in before yeah. they can really offer you. Yeah. And so I, that was, like, the application process. I remember writing all my essays, trying to do all that. I was just waiting to get in. And usually when you get in, it's like, boom, okay, I'm going. And then I was like, man, I was nervous to kind of go that far. Yeah. But then at the same time, I don't really know what I was looking for that Notre Dame, you know, didn't already give me mm-hmm. uh, What a bonus to be at home. So, yeah, Stanford would have, would have been mine. What was what was yours?
0: You said when, uh, the school that I probably went to? Yep. I committed to St. John's. I told. uh Big East. Yeah, I committed to St. John's. They had that little run with Ryan Ortiz and Eric Barkley. So he was playing good them a couple of years and I was looking for a point guard to play with. Like I wanted somebody to get me the rock. So mm-hmm. Omar he wanted to go to North Carolina, so I was gonna follow them there and North Carolina didn't choose him. So I went to he chose Saint John and I was right behind him, like yeah. And he led the nation in assists, so I know if I would have went to yep. college, I got some of them down. Yep,
1: exactly. Was smart,
0: to say. <laughs> well, was smart,
1: smart. smart.
3: Yeah, so I went to D obviously, but it would have been Kansas. I was, I was about as close as you could get. Roy Williams. I think the saving grace for that was that my parents and my coaches, now they told me before we started the recruiting process that you can't. We're gonna agree that we're not gonna do any commitments while we're away on visits and stuff. We're gonna come back home, collect ourselves, and get our mind right. Had it not been for that,
2: for
3: I'd have committed when I was at camp. <laughs> they had me, die- they had me there on Midnight Madness, oh, late night funny. with Roy. The whole Allen Fogg Fieldhouse doing a Rock Chalk Jayhawk, but instead of Jayhawk, they saying Q Rich. Oh,
2: man. Whole
3: building in there swaying. It's it's like I was standing there. I'm 17. I'm looking around like, oh, man. Like, me and my homeboys, like you say your girls, we all used to go to Nike camp at AU. We used to play the little game. We'd be walking past the little coaches somebody. Somebody be like, I commit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sitting there. my man. man, like, I commit. Like, what I'm about to do for you? Your mama's
1: like, nah. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I see that. that's, that's exciting, though, when you never, like, really experienced that. And then, you know, on that level, you know what I'm saying? It's like, that's in college.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, I, I love my college man. trips. I took all five of my jobs. I went everywhere. <laughs> oh,
1: I, took, I took three of mine. I took three. I went to Penn State because my best friend went to Penn State. And then they had a, a dope coach who coached at Notre Dame, Coach Washington. She's actually mm-hmm. back at Notre Dame now with Neil, But I, I went there to Penn State. And then Notre Dame and Stanford, I went out there. Stanford was one of them, like you said. You know, cute. It was so nice. You know, <laughs> that was my first time. And y'all know, coming from the Midwest, you know, snow and all that. Cold. You know, like, <laughs> and then you pull up, and then it's like the line of palm trees. Ah,
2: just know about to say me. them palm trees do
3: yeah. something like, to us oh, Midwestern. Look, like, look, us midwest folks I ain't seen them okay. palm trees. It like, feel like we on vacation. Yeah. Like this, wait, this every day, right? This, this every <laughs> right. okay, like what?
1: Like, oh man, it's I'm so but, no, it
0: was it was cool. I loved them experiences. Uh, Notre Dame basketball. I started liking Notre Dame basketball because I was following Ivy. Ivy's from St. Louis. I'm from East St. Louis. So, you know, you follow everybody from the hometown that actually get an opportunity to play in a big college.
1: My girl. That's my girl.
0: But, you know, and you in the conference with the champs. And you got four years of this to try to make a name for yourself. Like, how was that to be a part of that, to – basically build you it, it built so much in you it made you stronger as a player like as a person everything how was that to just be with Notre Dame and go through the rivalries with you yeah. time
1: it was amazing it was amazing because you hear a lot about it obviously I grew up in South Bend so I, I would see you know the battles when Niel and Ruth and them would play against you know Sue and Sue Diana
2: and yeah. yes
1: you know when they had I mean they always had a squad so <laughs> you would see seeing matchups and That's the old Big East. Yeah. Now we are talking about, now you know, the Big East of old when I came in, like we would lose to Georgetown and St. John's, you know, um, DePaul, UConn, you (laughs) know, always Louisville, um, West Virginia, took an L to West Virginia. Like our conference was tough, tough to get through. Syracuse. I love playing in the Big East, though. But UConn, obviously, when I came in, Maya Moore was a sophomore and, and Tina Charles was a junior and they was on the same Ooh, team. Man. And we're talking about two WNBA MVPs. Yeah. You know, they playing <laughs> Bless, on the same bl-
3: team. <laughs> Bless everybody else's hearts. Bless their hearts. <laughs> and you got to play
1: there. Oh, it was a massacre my rookie year. Or my freshman year, I'll never forget playing there. And they just... I mean, they don't care. They'll call you everything. Because you, you inherited, you know, the rivalry. You inherited the beef. You Once you put the, the dirty beach. on, you, you, you inherited the,
2: now. <laughs> the beef. You know, and so,
1: by working, I'm movie. like, what? what, what, what? You know, it was like, it's a big eye-opener. You know, they really, and, and it makes sense. You know, they got the harshest environment, data champions. So then the next year, my sophomore year, that was when we finally were able to kind of go on a run and gain some momentum. And we had graduated five seniors. Uh, my freshman year after that, we had graduated five seniors. So going into my sophomore year, we had a completely you know, different style. It was a completely different squad. Um,
2: squad. But
1: a lot of people that were on the yeah. bench the year before had the opportunity. And it just so happened, we just you know, We had some dogs on the team. But definitely, obviously, Coach McGraw, a lot of people don't know. She from Philly. You know, she really didn't take no shit. She had swag. She was very cerebral. And she really taught me how to like, study the game instead of just watching the game. But her and Neil, obviously having Neil too, you know, who won a championship at Notre Dame, just having her coaching next to me and, and, and having her to reference those two who had won before. They had the blueprint. So we went to end up going to three Final Fours and, you know, two National Championship games. And obviously, you know, against UConn, you know, I think we had started owing something. And then I think I ended up breaking 500, I think. But our, our, our matchups, you know, <laughs> were always – important like they they were always like the biggies championship or the final four you know it was always something that are like right, my yeah. senior night triple overtime <laughs> you know? like damn it was just always something at stake when we just so happen to match up <laughs> you not
3: gonna be part like, of this they're gonna be part of your moment <laughs>
1: right exactly like yeah. they were ranked number one and we had to go there and play them in stores nobody ever loses in stores it was my senior year and we were ranked five and then we won that game like it was just always something at stake yeah, when we happened to play, show. and I it was, that.
0: That was, you know, I would
1: love to eventually sit down with everybody and, you know, do a documentary about everything because it's, we talking about 20-something, you know, 20 years, <laughs> you know, with Arike hitting her buzzer beater to Neil in yeah. the morning, yeah. our matchups, and there's so many yeah. great players there in between. But I got to play against the best basketball in conference and in a tournament, so I wasn't complaining about that. The level of competition was so yeah. high. That by the time we got to the tournament, them first three or four games, playing against UConn and eight other teams that make the tournament in our conference, yeah. you know, we was ready for the tournament. So we always, you know, we, we were able to get there, yeah. get to the ship. We got to the ship a few times, they ne- never able to finish it. But, you know, the teams that we lost, we lost to Brittany Griner. And I remember her Baylor team, you know, they went like 40 yeah. and that year. And then Texas AM, like they had a squad too with a lot of their girls going to the league. But yeah, we I played against oh. the best players in college. Like,
0: I feel like y'all got better and better every year. And I feel like with you, as your years went by in college, I feel like this is when you, you start to understand how to control the game as a point guard. I seen you start controlling the whole game and you can see it really in a tournament it was like you control it was key moments you know when runs go down you control the pace so when did it click for you what year did you say for you that you kind of it clicked in like i i can control kind of a whole game or i know when i can be aggressive and score or when i'm trying to set this person up so when was you, for yeah, you yeah i think that like you learned that you can control my whole life i
1: played it too like coming, I played the two. I didn't. I didn't play the point. I could bring on it up. It wasn't a big deal. I, I was combo guard, but I got buckets from the two, you know, and, and hide behind that defense, hide behind the defense, and then come <laughs> in and, and then you know, get or whatever the case. So I had to learn how to be a point guard, yeah. first of all. So that we had a point guard my yeah. my freshman year, but I really didn't connect with none of my seniors like that. So we didn't really get a chance to to. Yeah get as far as we probably could, have you know, the chemistry, you know, it just really was hard chemistry. to give up the reins to a yeah. freshman, you know, and so I had to learn, but, you know, I had to wait my time. But my sophomore year, the group that I had with Kayla McBride and Devro Peters and Natalie Achanwa, we had some pieces, Natalie Novosil, Brittany Mallory. Like we actually went untraditional. We, we played four guards. So we played four guards sometimes. So we would, had, you know, I had to learn how to, like I said, watch film, learn how to navigate, learn what the hell time, score, and possession was, how many timeouts we got, you yeah. know
0: what I'm saying? I'm okay with smart, you yeah. know, I'm
1: okay with you no, know, but it's just like being a point guard, you yeah. got to know everything. You got to know what's going on. So it really challenged me and they really challenged me. Neil and Coach McGraw just really challenged me to, you know, step outside my comfort zone and, and come and try to, you know, trust me, with the reins of, of the team and, and controlling the team. So it really helped me a lot, you know, navigating it now where I'm at, being able to understand certain things, you know, because of that. So, yeah.
0: How does it feel to be an Indiana legend, to stay at home and go to high school there and to stay at home and, and go to college there and to put your mark and your legendary status on the on the state? How was it? to, what did that mean to you to, to stay there and do that?
1: I, yeah, it, it mean everything to me. I mean, just hearing Indiana legend, you know, that like makes my heart drop. Like I don't even see that, but it's, you know, it's awesome. It, I was just, I'm a huge family woman, you know, that's just always, it's always been like that. My family has, has always been the most important thing to me and it, and it still is. And so it's just always been like that. And we've always supported each other and I just wanted to stay. I wanted to stay home and, Like I said, at the time, it was so many people who were saying, you know, don't go there. Go here. Why are you going to Notre Dame? They lost in the first round. Why are you going to Notre Dame? And it's just like, you know, (laughs) I wanted to, when I left Notre Dame, I wanted to say, okay, we back at the level that I remember it being when they won a shit. You know, this is South Bend. and So, like I said, I just had a real big level of pride with that, being able to, first off, Go to Notre Dame and having that opportunity was something that, you know, I used to go to the camps as a kid at 10, 11, 12 in the crowd, yeah. you know, trying to win the one-on-one competition at Notre Dame so yeah. coach could see me, you know, when she came to my court, <laughs> did about six in between the legs.
2: <laughs>
1: but, you know, I was just excited about that opportunity. It wasn't really a lot of, you know, women that looked like me that was going to Notre Dame and, it was my opportunity to graduate college, You know, one of the first in my immediate family to graduate. So I just, I saw it as something that was, it was just a big deal to me. It meant a lot to me. And that's just how I approached it every day. I felt like I was wearing South Bend, Indiana on the front of my jersey. And so right. that's the energy that I yeah. had with it. And it just, it it wasn't like my freshman year, I hated it straight up. I was just like, man, do I want this? It's like, is my mom going to be checking on me? I don't want like, am I going to have freedom? And, you know, I just really embraced my experience and I'm, I'm really blessed to, like I said, have the resources that I did at Notre Dame to really help me blossom into the Hooper that I am today. You know, everything that ended up happening on my path just by choosing that university and then obviously being able to say, you know, I graduated from there and everything that comes with that. So it was def- it's definitely a full circle experience. Obviously I met my husband there, you know, it's just like, I met my husband at Notre Dame, you know, it's just. Or you know, it's 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 so many experiences I have, and I know I'll forever be affiliated, and it's nothing wrong with that because that's that's genuine and that really is.
0: Well, I'm glad um, you decided to stay because now your name is mentioned with the Larry Burge, the Muff McGraws, and everybody else. So that that's dope. It's
1: a, it's a lot of it, man. Shout out to Indiana, <laughs> you know, Indiana basketball. You know, everybody think it's just like Hoosiers. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's it's a lot of people who have really got out the mud in Indiana. You know. Yeah pay homage to those people but yeah much love i'm I'm not mad with talent spreading i'm not mad at that at all don't be afraid you know to do your own thing like i said don't be afraid to navigate your own path and that opened up the door for me to be you know one of the first athletes to sign a rock nation one of the first athletes to sign a puma like you you decide what's cool you know don't yeah. have other people tell you um what you don't yeah. want your experience to look like, because everybody's experience is different. You know, you, you choose your path mm. and decide what's cool. You know what I'm saying? Not just from what everybody tell you is cool. So, yeah. I was, luckily I had a mom that, you know, she didn't play no games. She told me, oh, told me have my own mind. You know shit. what I'm saying? <laughs> have your own mind, you need to be responsible, do your research mm. on these schools luckily it
0: was it was right in my backyard i didn't have to look very far yeah i know indiana is proud to have you come from there because you're definitely doing your thing now and you did your thing there neil ivy was your assistant
3: while yeah. you were there right now she's the head coach so we talked to AJ wilson we were talking to her and she was just telling us how impactful and how much it meant for her to have mm-hmm. don staley as her coach somebody who looked like her could relate to her basically on every level, you know what I'm saying, as a young Black girl coming up. Can you talk to me about the impact of Niel being a head coach and the representation of African-American women, female coaches in the game and, and how impactful that could be from yeah, your Yeah, I think it's so
1: important, and I always have spoken this. Like, you can't be what you can't see. And so to have that representation on the bench and not only, you know, um as an assistant coach you know but having a head coach especially at a university like Notre Dame who honestly um in right. the student body doesn't have a lot of that diverse representation so to have her who has always been a trailblazer obviously she's just coming off being the assistant coach for the Memphis Grizzlies and you know I don't know if she if people notice or not but she was undefeated in her scouts
3: Oh, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We know you know what that you means. Know what I'm know yeah, what you know, means. you
1: know. So you know, it's just like just having somebody like that. Just all the examples. Carol Owens too is another black woman who was on staff for me, and just somebody I grew up around. Coquise Washington now is back on the staff. She's a black woman, so it's three black women. You know, and it's amazing. And and that's what I would like to see more representation of that. A women, a women, and not only you know that structure of being a head coach, but you know our league let's have coaches that look like what our league look like, looks like. And, and the majority of the representation in our league, if 100% of men's jobs go to men, you know we have to start seeing more women getting these positions and black women, and not only in basketball, yeah. in C-suite level positions. You know, it shouldn't just be one seat at the table for a black woman yeah. um, in these upper management, what their upper management looks like in these positions. So representation is important. We need more black writers. And black people and black women that are writing about us and our game, you know, and translating our message. We need more people that look like us that we talk to. And think about all the writers that y'all like, not trying to be on a soapbox, but I kind of feel irresponsible if I don't have this energy right now. You know, just think about all the reporters and people that you talk to over the years and what that representation of Black Therapy looks like. And so, yes, I think it's a, a great start to have. Women that look like me, women that I can look up to and and aspire to be like as examples. And Neil has always been somebody that's who's been that for me. And so many people, just a trailblazer. And the list goes on and on.
0: I think one of the things about us and us doing knuckleheads and like, you know, everybody want all the NBA players, the big time, big name players. But one of our things, too, was wanting to do the WNBA players because it's like, you know, once you're a basketball player, you love it no matter who's playing it. And we wanted to tell these stories, like you're saying, you saying, you wanted to have right. We wanted these stories to get out of there, especially for women, because you can hear them jewels that just get dropped or just hearing somebody else's journey or coming up from the way they came up. A lot of people have a different road to the top than others. And that was one of the things about our platform that we really wanted to yeah, do. Yeah, we need
1: y'all. Women. We appreciate yeah, y'all. Like, movies, yeah. you know, we need y'all to be allies, because if not y'all, you know what I'm saying? And I had a conversation earlier with someone in the NBA, we were just talking uh, about that. Um, And, and, you know, I'm a mom, I'm a mother, I have a son, um, you know, and just, it's it's so important, you know, to see those allies and to have, you know, men and black men be allies and likewise, you know what I'm saying? And so it's awesome for y'all, NBA guys who actually know the game, play the game, and no shade, yeah. not Joe Schmo off the couch, you know what I'm saying? Trying to disrespect right. what we've done and what we've given to the game, but you know, actually people who have given something to the game, understand the game and who are, you know, who are the real hoopers. Yeah, you know, and, and speaking the, of yeah. what
3: you said earlier about, you know, showing people that look like them, I think when we first started this, you know, we drew lines in the sand with what we were gonna be about and, and stuff like that. But I think as we've gone on, we've learned, just like you just said we are a representation to the kids in the community that you could go pro at podcasting. You could still be in the sports world. Maybe you're not the most athletic kid, but you want to, you love sports. Like you can go pro at this. This is, you know what I'm saying? And we also showing a lot of the players that are playing now that are going to be former players at some point that this is a career transition where you can still Take the narrative and we feel like that each time we sit down with players that we know that we have a built in comfort zone with them because we are them. We their peers and we're not trying to do anything malicious to them because we've had it done to us. We want their stories to be told the way they want it to be heard in their words. And we don't want it to be a clip off of a sentence and then something look wrong. Like, you know how they go. We want oh, we, we want y'all to feel as good about the interview as we do because we know when we felt good about interview, we tell our friends, "Yo, man, you see what I did with such and such." Like we want y'all to have that feeling every time they come and you walk away from it like, man, I can't wait to that come out. That's gonna be tight. Like that's what we want the feeling to be. So that's why we use our, our, our platform the way we do.
1: Y'all got credibility too, like you for the culture. It's proven. <laughs> you know, it's that proven. One. You for the culture. You know everybody who don't know that. Group, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Come on now. Yeah. Everybody knows. <laughs> Everybody knows that. So, you know, you definitely have the credibility. First. <laughs> I you
0: appreciate this, that. You've been
1: through it. So people trust what you got to say that it's going to be some real stories. You know, it's it's great telling all these stories. You Like you said, you get little antidotes. I'm sure every time I know I do when I watch it, it's, it's dope. It's dope, you know, being able to have a platform, you <laughs> yeah. know, to share. And so it, it, I appreciate it.
0: Third overall pick, you know your boy went third hey. too, so you know you special, you know you third overall They're sweet.
2: They're sweet. pick. <laughs>
0: go <ahead. laughs> so going to Tulsa, like how was it going to Tulsa? shop and you know leaving from all the success you had in high school and college, and now it's a it's another journey. You don't have the mom muffet right. with you, you know what I'm saying? It's like you kind of gotta go on and be a woman. Man, my now. real
1: mama, you know
2: what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, Tulsa shock, I was shocked. Like, I was like, whoa, I'd never been to Oklahoma. And I didn't know Tulsa, what it looked like, you know, if I seen a picture of it, you know, how, what to describe yeah. it. But I ended up loving it, you know. We had a great support base there, actually. And um, yeah. had we had more resources, we probably could have been more successful. You know what I'm saying? It was just like a new franchise that was, we were trying to get our feet underneath us, but the fans were so loyal. That when we moved to Dallas in 2016, our, our franchise moved from Tulsa to Dallas in 2016, yeah. we had fans from Tulsa that would still drive the three hours down to come to the game. Yeah, we wow. did. Wow, now we that's, hard. It, was, it that's was, hard. it was a great right following down. in Tulsa. So it was, it was cool because, you know, they never had like the, the closest professional team that they had was OKC.
2: Yeah.
1: It was like two hours right. away. And uh-huh. that's why they fans So they appreciated crazy. it. They really did. They really did. But when we moved to Dallas, obviously, obviously, as a rookie, like I said, it was just like, oh my goodness. You know, it was, <laughs> it was like, it was crazy coming in. Like you said, you got the reins of the team. And it's like, yeah. you go high like that, you know, you're going to a team that's trying to rebuild or a team yeah, that's trying to right. make yeah. not happen that, that happened last year, you know, trying to have a different year yeah. than last year. So we were still trying to rebuild and trying to figure out our way. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was just eye opening, just the amount of talent. And when you think you work hard, you know, I think everybody thinks they work hard. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Until you, you get in the league. And I, I remember seeing players my rookie year, like Ketch, Tamika Ketchens. And Ketch will be there like four hours. When I walked in the gym, she was sweating on the court doing stuff so you know, and I'm just like, oh my goodness. It's a reason why she's a Hall of Famer, you know. And then I see Becky Hammond flicking the ball up, you know, and I'm like, what is she doing? And then in the game, she rocked it on me and finished. <laughs> 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 like, oh That's what she was doing. You know? And it's just like, it's so intentional. You know, the great players are so intentional with what they do. It makes sense. It just makes sense. And so I had to step my game up really. So My rookie year, I think I averaged like 8.5 points or something like that, like four assists. It was just, it was bad. And then the next year, my second year, I made first team. Yeah, I remember that. That was
0: most and, improved, I, and right? I liked. I liked. you jerseys too. Oh, you was The jerseys. <laughs> <the, laughs> <that,
3: that laughs>
1: I, I still it out sometime. You know. <laughs> <at them job>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the
3: that was the most improved year, right?
1: Yeah, most. It was crazy. I got most improved and first team the same year, and I, I remember because you know when you highly tout or whatever, you come in. It's certain weirdos that can't wait for you to mess up. You know what I'm saying? Oh no, no, yeah, like, right.
0: they 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 against you, guess they you, and for it's you. Just like fair. damn,
1: why? But you know, <laughs> yeah. I had to earn it, so I'm not mad about it now because I'm still trying to earn it. I'm still trying to win a championship. You know, yeah. and four all stars later, it's still ways that I want to get better, have more team success, play in the playoffs, and so that's what I'm looking forward to now because now I'm playing with two of the best players
0: that I think have ever played our game. Yeah, that's, that three head monster over there now is gonna be crazy. But before we get to that, I wanted to talk <laughs> about an, another duo that you had that I thought was gonna form into something great, you and Liz.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like when you and Liz was playing together, like the chemistry, mm-hmm. it was like you on the outside killing them and you you throwing it down low to her and she was killing them. I definitely like y'all chemistry, but how was that for you to have another player the caliber of her to play with and y'all kind of meshed together. Man,
1: She was the most dominant player I ever played with ever. I mean, she could do everything. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? She could face up, she could shoot it from the mid range. She had post moves, you know, she could shoot the three (laughs) and it's just like, where, you know, and, and just footwork, you know, just unassuming footwork, you know, just yeah. skilled, very skilled, yeah. just elite level skill. We so much alike, you know, we like Leos. So, you know, the teammates that you so much yeah. like, you just be like, bop, bop, bop. But, I, <laughs> you know, I love, I love Liz. I love playing with her because she wanted to win. She wants to win. And she wants it. And she is competitive. And anybody that's like that, you know, I'm down with them. But sometimes, you know, I would just, you get caught up, you know, when you play with dominant big man, sometimes because she could be back to the basket still, and you just watch her. It's like, man, yeah. you just get caught kind of watching yeah. basketball. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, definitely, I think if we would have had a few more years together, you know, we, were, we never really got to have, you know, a streak of us playing together. It was like yeah. when I first came in the league, and then it was like five years after that or something like that. So we never really got yeah. to have that much time for her being in Australia to work out together and so yeah. i think i think had we you know had a few more years together you know we could have did some damage
0: um yeah i definitely think so when i got a glimpse of that and just seeing how well y'all just went inside and outside i thought that was definitely a dope combination yeah. for you and i felt like you said it was watching your career it was like yeah that's the best player she to play and it showed and y'all showed together instantly when it got it was
1: easy because like she would, if she was dominating, they would have to double her, and then so I wouldn't get to see <laughs> as many doubles and blitzes, and I, had, I hadn't had a little more freedom. I think it'd be the same with Brittany. I think Brittany Griner is, I feel the oh, same, yeah. word about like, yeah. I feel the same way about Brittany Griner. I think she's one of the most dominant women we ever had. You know, just able to do everything. She can play defense. You know, she's she's quick on her feet. She could. Yeah. the screens, you know, she'll run the floor, she could dunk the yeah. basketball in the game, you know, at will. Yeah. And that's that's different when you're talking about somebody finishing like that, you know, and then obviously Diana, I have Diana on the floor, I get to be on the floor with her too. So our schemes are, you know, we put bodies and bodies on her, you know, it's just like she's so well totally <laughs> respected, you, you got to guard her once, you know, it's the Steph Curry rules, you got to guard them once they cross half court. Like, yeah, you <laughs>
0: got you got to show the goat respect. You got to give it to you. Got to throw them on. So
1: it's gonna be this is <laughs> you know it's gonna be great for me because you it's so much talent you know that I get to be around. But also you know they won championships before too. So it's like it's yeah. humbling for me. You know, getting traded. You know, you think you're gonna be on one team and
2: get yeah. traded,
1: and then it's mm-hmm. like okay, well then now I'm I'm ready to. You know, it's like it, you get popped in the in the mouth a little bit. You know.
3: You were the first female athlete to sign with The Rock, with Rock Nation, and you were the first athlete, period, to sign with Puma since Vince way back in the day. How did both of those relationships come Um, along?
1: Well, yeah, Rock Nation, my senior year, was looking for management, and I still didn't – I didn't have management at the draft. Like, I didn't – I wasn't signed to anybody when I got drafted. Why? Because I had no no agent. agent. I was still kind of shopping around, you know – at the time for an agent, but I didn't have an agent, and so after. So how did you how did you navigate that process? No, I talked talk to the coaches like directly. You know, I kind of the a lot of the. You know,
0: <laughs> wow. Like, I ain't I'm, like, like, like I'm, I'm a. i am want to hear this. Like, like,
1: you know, my mom.
0: I had my own shit. <laughs> okay. I never did had my own. <laughs> like, I was, I was, I had
2: to
1: be grown, <laughs> but no, it, was, it wasn't <laughs> that much longer. You know, after and I was able to. Somebody was like, "Okay, Jay, about to call you." And I'm like Jay who <laughs> and they're right. like Jay Z. He' about to call you right now. And and I was like, okay. At this time, Rock Nation, <laughs> you have to understand, Rock Nation had one person. It was Robinson Cano. That was it.
2: Okay. But people people yeah. didn't really right hear okay. Rock Nation mm-hmm. Sports RNS.
1: Mm-hmm. That wasn't all that paper plane hats and stuff. Those that was just that was coming out. That was getting you know it wasn't Rock Nation right. Sports. None of that. And so he called and kind of told me his vision, which is exactly what it's turning into for Rock Nation and sports and how he wanted me to be a part of that. And these other agencies were like rotary phones. I remember, you know, and, and Jay Get On, you know, he's so smooth, you know, Ayo hey, Sky, what up, you know, like. <laughs> <"Yeah.">
2: <laughs> and so,
1: you know, you, I had to get my swag together because I'm like, damn, he sounds just, like, just like he did the albums. He's like, let me get my life. But <laughs> <laughs> it was so cool, you know, just being able to chop it up. We talked for probably like 15 minutes, you know, it was something that we right. talked and that was my first time, you know, talking and getting to hear his vision. And so the next steps were kind of flying out to New York and, you know, meeting a team and continuing those talks. So my parents and I, we we went out there to New York and got to see it. And I signed right away. Like, I signed right away. It was, <laughs> it, was, it was no doubt, you know what I'm saying? Just the extraordinary, you know, starting at the top with him, his business mind, his vision, like he gets it, you know, he just gets it. And so do all the people around him, like Jenna Fleischman, you know, she's on this call. She's been with him forever. You know, I was able to kind of work with her and other people that You know, just kind of got to see my vision for what I wanted to do with my career and not just like a basketball player. You know what I'm saying? But different things that I was interested in, be it like fashion or different things and, you know, music or pop culture that I wanted to be around. And so I went there, I signed and then I was the only female until about probably I know Janet's on this call. She probably could tell you probably like up until probably like six months ago or less than that, but
2: it, it,
1: what it is now, you know, it was just one, and then it was Robinson Cano, then CC Sabathia, and then Shout it was Gino Smith, and then KD, and then KD yeah, signed and then it was five of us, and then now it's probably like 400 and something, you know. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. crazy how big yeah. it's grown into in those like seven years. Yeah, it was definitely cool being, you know, they used to call me the princess, you know, all the time. <laughs> when I would see OG wine and stuff, you know, it'd be like the princess and
0: OG you know,
1: wine and there's, you, know, you know, it'd be like, I was yeah. a princess. So that was kind of like my little nickname. Um, but it's cool. You know, it's a great, it's a, what they do is amazing. You know, like I said, they just, they get it. They get it. It's great management. It don't even feel like, you know, work It's it feel like family. And I think that's how it should feel like. And so I, I love it. And mm-hmm. then with uh coma, it was kind of like another idea that, like Jay had really, um and it just was timing, I guess, because my contract was up with Nike, and so we were trying to figure out you know which way we were going to go with that, and I had been with Nike for four years um, before that, and we were just trying to figure out the next steps and Puma didn't have anything basketball, so when, you know, they was talking to me about Puma, I'm like, wait, they don't, they don't have a shoe. <laughs> but the, right. what the shoe looked like, it wasn't a shoe, it wasn't anything, It's was just ideas. And so that was like a real leap of faith, you know, for me with that, because I just, I, I didn't know, obviously, the direction Puma was going in. Currently, it didn't have anything to do with basketball. Mm. Um, but it was cool, they kind of showed me some ideas, I got to to fly out to Boston, you know, had a few meetings and, you know, talking to my agents and, uh, with Rock Nation and just telling me the vision of, we're about to get back into this basketball sector and we are about to try to do a big, you know, we have this, 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 this plan. Do you want to be, mm-hmm. you know, down for it? And, and I say, yeah. And so I was the only one for a while, you know, and they were kind of telling me. Yeah. You know, this, we're going to do this, this, and that. And so far, you know, so good. I, I, So far, so good. I love my relationship with Puma. It's good to be different, too. You know, I, I liked it because yeah. it was different. You know, it was not the same yeah. old everything. It was like, okay, I'm going to go in this lane, and I'm going to get my own, and I'm going to decide what's cool, and I'm going to bring yeah. what's cool. You know, and so we kind of made it cool. D- and, D-H-O-D
3: know, way, way of way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so
1: it's obviously still is developing, and, you know, obviously, in the basketball sector, they're really just starting to gain momentum and traction, and you're really just starting to see and hear them. So, I think it definitely has grown a lot, and I think we still have a telescope vision for what it could be. So, yeah, yeah I, I think it's awesome. It's cool, and I, I'm I don't really know what that I, I don't win an award for like being one of the first ones, but I think it's dope, especially <laughs> being a female and um, you know, just representing that in that aspect.
0: No, nah, it's not an award, but it's definitely history in the making, and the younger girls need to hear that. It was like I, I think we had a uh, Shamika Holesclaw mm-hmm. and I, and we talked about her slam cover. Yeah, like the girls need to Legendary. hear this. This is this was one of my favorite colors, and it's a woman on the front cover with a Knicks jersey on. And I thought it was one of the ever. hardest covers ever, ever. made. Ever. You know what ever. I'm saying? And, like, okay. girls need to see that to be different sometimes. You know what I'm saying?
3: Tell me this. What are your thoughts and feelings on the new, the WNBA CBA? And do you feel like you had any, any impact on it?
1: Well, I, I think it's great progress. I think the CBA is great progress. I think that – I know that we have great leadership in the WNBA who – Starting with our president, Necco Ogumike, like I said, who's a good friend of mine, having her leadership at the top, being able to sit at the table, being able to have these conversations, these tough conversations, and being able to fight for the opinions of 144 women who have a slice of the pie and have a seat at the table. And so it's not all the time in the WNBA, you kind of got to prioritize what you want because you're not going to get everything. So to me, as a mother, the most important thing could be my child, you know, making sure me as a mother, you understand what comes with that and wearing that hat and making sure that I have all the resources there that I need for my child and, and, and myself and my family. Whereas if you're not a mom, your main <coughs> priority might be this, this, this and that, or depending on what market you're in, your experience may be different than my experience. Does that make sense? So we may want you know, our experiences may be different, but we know that we would like to get to the point where we're, you know, we want more teams, you know, we're chartering, where we get more marketing dollars and resources to be successful. You know, it's like the chicken and the egg. You know, we need resources to be successful, we need those TV deals and to be shown. We need to have exposure, more exposure. For our league to continue to grow. And so I thought the CBA definitely showed progress. And I know I was very, very vocal about my experience last year and being a first-time mom and, you know, not having a place to pump, not having a place to Store, you know, not going into too many details, but that is what it is. I'm a mom.
3: I have a a wife with four kids. Yeah, absolutely. And as a hooper,
1: you know, I'm not putting my breast milk in there with the Gatorade. I'm just not doing it. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, I think just it's education and, you know, really, I'm not the only mom in the league. We had other moms who spoke up and said a lot of great things and everybody contributed. We had over 90% who voted on the CBA. So almost everybody participated. And so I definitely think, you know, when it comes to some changes on motherhood, you know, like I said, NECA is a close friend of mine, but her being the president, I was able to go to her and, you know, just talk to her about my experience. And um, like I said, other mom and moms and other women spoke up and there's a lot of great things in the CBA now, even family planning has been added to the CBA if you want to plan for your family in the future. And so it's great to see. It's a great progress, I think. What I hope is that it gives women in every corporation, in every sector to have the audacity to say what they need and to use their voice and speak out, you know, throughout any type of um, market. You know, as a woman, as a mom, I need this, you know, I should be provided this and to fight for those rights.
0: That's one of the biggest thing I love about this era because like our era, you used to have to take shit to the grave with you. But this era, like people is like speaking up, saying their experiences, just telling their story and people can relate to what's going on. So that's one of the biggest thing I just love about this era is that people actually are not afraid to just say something and and, and give your opinion and that's why we get changed. It don't change overnight, but it's a good way to step forward. Yeah. T-
3: Tell me, like you just said, you're a mother and you have a son. What are your thoughts on the social climate right now with what's going on in, in, here in America, or really around the world right now with the situation with George Floyd and everything? What are your thoughts yeah, about everything?
1: It's, it's devastating. You know, it's devastating. And, and you know, especially to... We, we just talk about experiences that you know, I know somebody who's had a certain experience, a family member, myself... My husband, some encounter with the police where it may have went too far, or you know something that shouldn't have happened and escalated. You know it's too many of these stories. It happens too much. It's disproportionately affecting you know black and brown people who are affected by police brutality, and you can't sit back as a human and pretend like it's nothing wrong. You know even, you know my white grandmother is like. This is, you know, boom, boom. And it's not enough to be just sit back and be like, I'm not racist. You have to be intentionally anti-racist. And everybody who is racist, who doesn't have that energy, who, you know, they need to be called out. And and you see a lot of people being called out. And it's fine to have an opinion, but it's also fine for people to have an opinion about your opinion. I think right now, my son is 15 months. I don't have to have that conversation with him right now. But my husband is 28. And every time he goes into a store, especially in this climate, I'm sending my husband into the store with a mask and gloves. That scares me every time he, he leaves the house now. I'm uncomfortable with my husband driving at nighttime. It's a different set of rules that we've always had to follow. And this grief process that we have to continue to endure over and over again and finally it seems like people are starting to see it through another lens
3: yeah i feel like this time is different a little bit it feels a little and, different
1: and 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 we talking about something that was caught on tape you know what i'm saying why are we investigating something that was caught on tape you know how am i supposed to explain that you know and it's just it's tough it's tough conversations that we've always had to have you know in our community unfortunately and now it's just being done on camera so hopefully, you know, it needs to start with legislative change. You know, we need to try to police reform. It's cool that people are marching. We need people to sign up and register to vote and make sure that we, that we, we got 60,000 people at a march. We need to have somebody out there with a clipboard registering people to vote. It's so important to make sure we have elected officials in place who care about us in our, in our communities and, and look like us, honestly. We need more representation. You know, it's just, it just makes me shake my head. Like, I don't know how many times a day I just get caught just shaking my head. And especially as a mom watching the video, hearing George Floyd call for his mother. To me, as a mom, when he said that, he summoned all the moms. So it it makes me say that I need to be doing more. I need to be doing more. and, And I can do more. And I plan on doing more. So it just, that's how it makes me feel. I'm like, this is is." whatever y'all want to do. You know, that's how I feel. It's whatever everybody want to do. I'm down. But I think just, it's important to really look inside yourself and to say, okay, how can I really make a change? Am I actively trying to make a change or am I just sitting in the house complaining about this shit? You know? So my energy is I'm trying to actively make a change and and figure out ways that I could do that. So it's definitely inspired me a lot, but it's just unfortunate that it takes this for us to try to fight for for some justice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because like you
3: said, we've been this time. We've been living forever, far before it is, far before any of us. But like for me, it's a especially scary time. I have a, my my stepson is 16 years old, right? So since he can he moved here with us since third grade. So about third grade, since he had gotten here. I can't say every week, but I asked him often. Like I asked him almost, I asked him enough that when he when it happened to him, it wouldn't be mm-hmm. like culture shock. I would ask him every every so often. You somebody call you an N word yet? And like when I first asked him, he was like, "Why you asking? me?" I was like, "Cause it's gonna happen." You know what I'm saying? And my thing to him, cause I was telling one of my best friends from college, he's a white guy, Jerry Fitzgerald. Fitzy. So I'm telling him the story, and he's like, "You got to understand. You got to explain that mm-hmm. to me. Why?" I'm like. I'm like, imagine that some person, because whoever the kid is, you know, it's some kid stuff, but he the, the, the intent is malicious. Whoever's going to do it, he's trying to hurt your feelings, make you feel bad or do something to not make you feel good. Right. So imagine that this is the first time, whoever this kid is, that that's the first time he's hearing that. And he gives that kid that satisfaction of being shocked or crying or reacting, whatever way, giving him that pleasure. I got you. I said, nah, not my guy. He's not going to happen. You're going to be ready when it happened. And sure enough, it happened. It didn't happen when we were here in Florida. I was in Michigan working for the Pistons, and it happened. And he was ready, and it didn't phase him. And it was like, you know, it still was a moment. We dealt with it, but it was like I was happy and proud that you didn't give it to him. You didn't give him what he wanted. He didn't see that he he didn't get the satisfaction that he hurt you, that he startled you, that he— did something that really hurt you? he was like, "So okay, like yeah, whatever." <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? I like just
1: a joke. Like, I can't. I, I can't imagine that. And you have to literally teach him how to be his. So his behavior doesn't get weaponized and villainized. You
3: know. So we don't know the scenario. If he turn around <laughs> and you know he get upset and he punch him with something, now the teacher's gonna say he hit him first. Take him to the principal's office. All this I'm stuff. He's gonna he get he in trouble. Say that. So yeah, and then he that's that's what he's gonna turn to. He said. He, that's cool. You ain't gotta say nothing. Just you ain't phased by it, but you know what it is now.
1: It's crazy the stories that, you know, even Brianna Taylor, you know, it's like her story may be a little more it seems a little bit more disconnected from like this main the mainstream movement right now, but you know, she was just she would have been twenty seven. I'm twenty nine. So just to think about me in the in the house, you know, with my family. And, and to just be killed, you know, for no reason. And to still not have these officers arrested. It's just like, if there were any other person off the street, y'all would've been arrested the same night. You know listen. And
0: wouldn't have the bond
3: either. when you not know, gave them a bond. I'm not, I'm
1: not understanding. <laughs> nah, so we'd have
3: had them on TV with the SWAT team running out with the helicopters, embarrassing cameras, And you don't even everything. have
1: to announce, like, you're the police. It's just, it makes me so mad. It makes me so mad. And it, if I'm scared to when I do have to have these conversations, you know, with my son, what are we going to say? You know, he watched the news right now. Even then I'd be like, no, baby, if they try, I don't They'll show the video <laughs> or something. And I'm like, no, you know, I try to just shelter and protect him. And it's just so symbolic. It's so symbolic. But you know, something has to be done. And, and, you know, we need to continue to fight. It's not good enough just to, for, we need convictions. You know, we need convictions, not just arresting.
0: Yeah, we need change. We definitely need change. The whole system change. Like, rewriting everything. <laughs> like, cause it's, it's crazy out here. When you came up, who was the female or the woman that you had in your game after? The one that you looked at and was like, man, I want to be like that or have a game like that.
1: Honestly, when I was coming up, it was three people I was looking at like that. One was Coop, right? Like, Coop. You know, Coop. Ace <laughs> like, hey, yeah. you know, town Uh, She just, (laughs) her game was so nasty. You know, I just like the way she just was crafty with the ball. She could just get a bucket and she, you know, she always got in ones. Like she was just real crafty with the ball. I just loved, and I loved her energy, how she kind of had some charisma with the crowd and with the fans and stuff, you know, could interact and just really take over the game.
0: She fed off. She fed off
1: off of that. Another player that I really watched was Dawn. Dawn Staley, Dawn and that was like the Staley, whole. Really, Dawn got nice. me. Dawn was the first like black woman in Team USA that 96 team, that I got to see that looked like me. I'm like, oh wow, that was my first time seeing like, bro.
2: Me, yeah, yeah, like
1: it was a <laughs> like, uh, Lisa, Lisa Leslie, yeah. Rebecca Lobo, Dawn, girl swoops,
2: yeah. and
1: those was the ones that came on. I was like, wow, I was like, mommy, look, it's like I can play. It, it was just. And then after that, the We Got Next campaign started, and then the WNBA started. And then I was able to kind of see him play. But definitely Coop, Don, and then I watched Cappy a lot.
0: Cappy. That's my That's girl. Right there. Cappy. I, Cappy. I watched Cappy yes, a Cap. lot,
1: a lot, a lot, a lot. She was just a, oh my goodness. She like, you know, yeah, know It's cold. no Chicago, you know, her swag, <laughs> her game. She wasn't afraid of nothing. You can feel, she
0: played against. Uh,
1: when you talk about playing against guys, you, I mean, it's just, she didn't, she don't miss a beat, but she was just such a bucket. I was just like, man, Cappy Pondex, it didn't matter. She was so shifty. And then I couldn't leave without saying Deanna Nolan too, because a lot of people Deanna really play Nolan used to get buckets like in Detroit. But I don't know why in
0: Detroit with the headband. Yeah. You see used to the get Midwest team like The Midwest team. But like
1: yeah, like Deanna <laughs> Nolan in Detroit. I mean, that was that was the best team that Man, it's the girl, like, the female
0: shot. bad boys, the female. Bad boys.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and Kara Braxton and Lynette Pearson and Cheryl yeah. Ford and. Yeah. Uh, Katie Smith, like yeah. that yeah. true team, she was, she shot, I mean, she jumped up in the air and shot a true jump shot. But Tweety Nolan, for sure, those, those ones right there. Tweety Don, Coop, and, and Cappy. I wouldn't say my game might not be similar to theirs, but those are the ones I was looking at. Like, I like, you were
0: looking at take mm-hmm. it from. When I watch you play, like you get in your mode, when you really groove, and them eyebrows get the going down, you got the mean face on. <laughs> who install that in you? Because you know, you know, like with females or women, you know, in the game, you know, they want you to don't be as tough or don't show too much toughness or roughness or try to look mean. Mm-hmm. But who install that in you? Like, nah, you supposed to make that mug and bust whoever asked you playing again.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was, like I said, maybe my mom had, like, the small short woman complex thing. But, um, <laughs> you know, I've always had had attitude. Not, not an attitude, but I always had attitude. Like, I always <laughs> had it. And I just, I want to win. I'm a very competitive, like, kid. If I, hated, I hate to lose, you know. Or I love to win, though, more than I hate to lose. But I just, when we playing cards, I'm going to be serious. If we playing Monopoly, I'm trying to win. It's like... If we bowling, Q right. Rich, I'm trying to, I'm looking at your score like, oh, what well, Q Rich got? Okay, okay. Like, <laughs> you know, the, secretly, even if you don't know, in my mind, we yeah, compete. Right. And so, yeah. you know, my father uh-huh. was always real competitive with me. He was always real rough with me. And I, I just think naturally, I was naturally a tomboy. You know, I just prefer the, you know, quote, dirt over dolls. You know, I was just always like a tomboy. I was just was more interested, you know. At that time, like I said, it wasn't a lot of females hooping like that in my area. We had to play against guys. And so that's just kind of how it was. I probably developed some toughness just because of that and having to play against, you know, people that were older than me, play against guys. I just had to develop kind of a tough demeanor, too, because people would think I was soft. And so I just had to kind of, you know, develop that that shell as far as, okay, you ain't going to punk me, you know what I'm saying? Or, you, <laughs> you know, I'm about to. You know, mm-hmm. like I had that energy.
0: You can't play on the level that we play on, being soft right. or being having the type of weaknesses like that. And you don't got to be the toughest, but you just can't be the completely softest and the scariest. Mm-hmm. And I tell people that all the time. It's not a like an arrogant thing, but you just got to have that type of arrogance, toughness with you to play this game, especially to play on the highest level that you know you actually play. That gets
1: you the most respect too. I feel like it, people don't people respect the ones that like you know, go hard and the ones that don't back down, like you gonna get popped in the mouth. Everybody gonna have a day, a moment. you gonna yeah. get torched one night. You're gonna get you gonna yeah. do the torching. But it's like, yeah. you know, you gotta be tough yes. because y'all know in the league, like you play the next day. You play the next every you know, you play back to back. You
0: play a covered day. Like, you can redeem yourself. Yeah, it's quick. like okay, oh, <laughs> well,
1: check up then, you know, back to back. you know, I'll see you again. You gotta have a, a mentally tough, you know, demeanor too, because you are gonna take some hits. You you gotta just take your lumps and be able to stand up.
0: Well, I can't I can't speak for the younger generation because this younger generation with everything social media and stuff after they get darked across, they see that shit for like a whole oh, year. <laughs> and I don't know, some of the dunk right. and crossovers I got in the league, well, I couldn't be able, I don't know if I could be able to take it a whole year or see it on social see that, media. But see, that's,
3: that, that, that's symbolic of them. Like, they so solid and cool, they'll laugh it off after. Like, you know, somebody would have, we, we, our generation, you came out of the game. Somebody at you. You getting dunked on. Like, you about to be who? Who, <laughs> who wrote this? Like, let me if a, a, a reporter, like, whatever, like, ball is life. Like, hold up, who who the ball is life? Handle like you ain't just gonna have me out here like that. Okay. Like, well, show my clip
1: on the other <clears throat> end. You know that's that's what you. Yeah, but I I, I think it is what it is because it's in our game too. So if you get hit with a move now, and that, it is what it is, they gonna show it. They gonna post it. It's like, good move, girl. You know, I play this game. Yeah. I'm going to have my fair share <laughs> of them, too. You know, but I I give credit where credit is due. But, you know, I'm not about to be in, that embarrassed off of, you know, one play straight up.
0: Okay. Start, bitch, cut. Mm-mm. Uh-oh. Start, bench cut. Diana Tarasi. Cynthia Cooper.
3: Wow. <laughs> All killers.
0: <laughs> and Cheryl Swoops. Yeah, yeah. The start bench. Yeah,
1: cut. oh man, you gonna have me on Women's Slam, uh, ESPNW, <laughs> uh, WNBA, Texas uh, Sports. <laughs> um, okay, start bench cut. I can, I feel like it's disrespectful to cut like Cooper swoops, you know. But oh, like, okay. Diana is like my teammate. Apparently, mm.
2: I need to use a lifeline.
1: <laughs> I'ma start, uh, I'ma start Coop. I'ma start Coop. I'm I gotta am bench coupe. I guess I gotta bench swoops and cut D if we talking about like, you know, the OG status of it. But man, that, that, you you literally picked probably three out of four Mount Rushmore's for real.
0: Well, who was who your favorite five, not your top five? Not your top five women, but who is your favorite five women, like your favorite five women?
1: Tamika Catchings definitely is is in my favorites. Love her. Tina Thompson is in my favorites. I love, love, love Tina. Oh, man. Coop is in my favorites for sure. Her, just love watching her. Lisa Leslie is in my favorites.
0: That's four. Uh
1: And then I would have to say... I'd probably have to say Dawn. I, I would say Dawn, for Stay. sure. Just because just the legend and she kind of, like, they all kind of kicked it off. They definitely blazed that trail. We standing on their shoulders, you know. So those, yeah. those women, for sure, were very instrumental. And I wanted to Sting, you know, the Don Staley Sting jersey. Mm,
2: and, ah. you know,
1: I wanted to catch the Indiana Fever jersey that, you know, had with the wide shoulders and the swoop shoes. Like, I had mm. the swoops kicks when the swoops kicks came out.
0: Like Indiana yeah. Fever look like a cut off T shirt. Yeah,
1: right? straight up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah, it's cool. It's it's crazy how many teams that we had and and now we don't have them. I would like to see maybe some of those try again. You yeah. know, and some of those. I
0: think yeah. I think it's gonna get that that way. I think it. I think they went overboard. I think they should have started off where it is now and then got to that point. But I think it's I think it's gonna get there. I think this in the in the right direction you know I love to see the WNBA it's exciting every year it's competition it's like none other but I feel like it's going to get better as it it goes on I feel like they're doing it right now and then with this new generation new millennial we're not going to let them do it wrong (laughs) you know what I'm saying we're not it's too many people watching Mm -hmm. so so it's hard for you to do it wrong and continue to do it wrong so you know I think it's going to get done right
3: Tell me this. Where were you when everything, when the quarantine, everything with COVID happened? And then how have you gone about trying to prepare for a season yeah. that, you know, you were excited for your new team and everything? Y'all got a good outlook on the season. How how have you been preparing? And now what you see, you know, the different updates of things. How Have you been getting, getting ready? Yeah, for Yeah,
1: I was in Dallas for the whole thing. And, you know, for the first part of it. I had the gym and then obviously when it shut down, I didn't have a gym for a, for a few weeks. And, you know, you just feel weird. You know, it just don't even feel right not being able yeah. to just go to the gym. Um, but, you know, just having to be creative. I was just having to go outside or, you know, do different ball handling workouts online, you know, doing some footwork stuff, running, conditioning, just trying to lift. As a professional, y'all know, it's like, it's not nobody that's going to walk you through it. Like, regardless of what's going on, Mm -hmm. you have to do it yourself and take responsibility, you know, for your body and what you look like. And so it just really made me focus, kind of hone in, you know, more on that. You start doing more things, eating a little bit better because you might be, you know, making some of your own meals. But I was able to get accessibility to a gym. So I really had only a few weeks where I didn't have it. But just trying to prepare, I mean, you visualize, I guess. That's what I do in my workouts. And like, you got 10 (laughs) bodies out there. So just trying to visualize, you know, using cones and dummies and, you know, chairs and anything that I could find to kind of help me simulate what's going on. But yeah, I don't have nothing to compare to. Just trying to stay in shape and, you know, feel good from a body standpoint, just so I could try to stay ready. Tell
3: me how you feel about coach Muffet retiring it's the it's the end of an era like tell me what she's meant to you the university and, and so many other girls that she's coached and now with Ivy stepping in and, and how that's going to impact the university tell me what
1: Muffet yeah I mean coach girl a university. lot I mean she coached there for a long time I mean <laughs> uh, forever
3: <laughs> I was looking at it when she when she announced it and was looking at all the act. I was like this is why I didn't even know right. all of that
1: it's almost weird to not see her affiliated, you know, especially me growing up in South Bend, like that's all you heard, you know, she's celebrity. She's like the mirror, you know, in South yeah. Bend, just everything she's done for the community and she continues to to do work in the community, but she gets it, you know, she gets it. She is a player's coach who just care about the connection that they have with you outside of the lines. They care about what you're going through, you know, growing up into a woman trying to just navigate Notre Dame and college and, you know, balance all that new found attention and, you know, just everything going on. She was always a voice of calm and you could tell that she was such a pro. She had been there before. By the time I got there, I don't think I could have surprised her with anything or any situation. You know, she had pretty much seen it all. But I was just blessed to have somebody right. like her who she wasn't afraid to take you outside of your comfort zone. You know, and she really challenged you to try to see how, how high your elevator could go. You know, she really didn't let you or allow you to if, if we playing five on five in practice, my team could be winning. I could be up by six points. Last two minutes, she'll switch me for the other team. Constantly wanted to to challenge me and put me outside my comfort zone even challenged me as a, as a woman, as a student athlete, just always there and available as a resource. And, and definitely an example of a strong woman, you know, she was definitely an example of being a white ally. You know, she always spoke up and spoke out, was definitely a trailblazer, just speaking on women's rights and, you know, just everything that she stood for. It was a reason why I wanted to go and learn under her, you know? And so she definitely is like, a second mom to me, you know, a mom away from home, her and Neil both. And so I was just blessed to be able to have a resource like that to be able to go to and learn from. And yeah, I, I love Coach McGraw. She's definitely a legend in South Bend and and women's basketball and just in basketball in general. And then as far as Neil goes, you know, Neil, me and Neil are tight. Like that's my girl. And I'm so proud of everything that she's done and has accomplished and to be able to have somebody like that where you can call a friend and just to see him flourishing, you know, it's just, um, it's just so dope to see, you know, where she's come from, her background, you know, coming from St. Louis and just being able to go to like Notre Dame. And then now she's the face of Notre Dame. So it's just insane. It's, it's insane, but it's great. Like I said, you can't be what you very, you can't see. So it's dope to have representation. You know, like Neil, being a head coach at the University of Notre Dame, being an assistant coach on the bench in the NBA. And it's all for a reason, you know. And so I definitely think that she was the only person that probably could have taken the reins, you know, after Coach McGraw. But like I said, she undefeated in her scouts. She's a great scouter. She's a great recruiter. She's very charismatic. You know, she can connect with the players. She has a son, Jaden, who's 18. You know, so she's very connected to that age of you know, she can relate.
0: Yeah, oh, she a, she,
3: yeah, an old, lady yeah. she old lady now. She
0: old lady now. She put <old> her <laughs> ears in. Her, her son is that age, you know.
1: Of a lot of the young ladies that yeah. she's talking to, so she knows her stuff, man. So if I ever got into coaching, you know, I would want to coach under her. Yeah. Sure, and learn under her or somebody like her, Coach McGraw, for sure.
0: Yeah, it's de- definitely coming from the crib. You know, we very proud of her for doing her thing. She, and she the
1: best dress
0: Yes. Oh yeah, she used to be killing them on the bench. She definitely used to be <laughs> killing best them on dress. the
2: bench.
0: <laughs> what did you think about Kobe embracing the women's game as much as he was embracing it before he passed?
1: Yeah, I mean, ever since that, I've known like. Kobe, like I've met him or haven't met, I've, I've heard that he was very supportive of women's basketball. Just basket, It's just basketball, y'all. You know, it's just basketball. He loved basketball. He loved the game. But like I said, it's so important to have those voices. Somebody who's one of the mm-hmm. most influential sports figures of all time, you know, just saying and showing support, not just talking the talk, but walking the talk and going to the games, you know, showing support to players, reaching out, you know. I got a chance to work with Kobe. I always keep like my Kobe book right here too. Like, you know, he signed this for me, so I like always mm-hmm. cherish, I cherish this book.
2: Yeah, but, um, frame Kobe,
1: that um, mm-hmm. <laughs> So Kobe, he, Um, I had a chance to work with him like in body armor, because he was with body armor, so was I, so I had a chance to work yes. with him, and through Nike basketball too, when I was, my time with Nike, so. I was able to be spend a little bit of time around him. And not only was he just like, cause you know, I feel like some players, no shade, but sometimes they don't come off as genuine. It's kind of like, I'm gonna send this tweet real quick. So it, it's a gesture. Right. It's the optic, right. you know, it's like I don't really watch yeah. it or support it or know anything about it, but it's just like, I want people to think that I think it's cool. So I, you know, I, sometimes I put in, anyway. yeah,
2: you know, <laughs> no, but, but it
1: is, you know, Kobe was exactly. actually, you know, he knew the players, he knew the teams he knew the the series yeah. went to five games he knew she had ten yeah. points in the fourth quarter like he would know details like oh he really watches the game he watches he watches, yeah, basketball, he, watches he watches our, our right game am. and um you know he has respect for our game and so it's like I said it's just great it's not like you actively search for any validation, but when you have somebody like that in, in that caliber the greatest of all time, you know just Want to support and give back to the game. And, you know, obviously, him being a girl dad, you know, he just really showed a lot of support to a lot of individuals, teams, and just women's basketball in general. And so, you know, we definitely appreciated that and yeah. everything that he stood for.
0: No, I definitely thought it was dope because, you know, somebody, a Kobe statue, I think the media made it more of a big deal, but, you know, real ballers, real hoop, it was like, man, that's just dope how you was just supporting the game. But, somebody of his stature to, to be at them games and show support. And I think us as NBA players, former NBA players, or current NBA player, we need to go to more games. We need to help out with that. And we need, if you see a Kevin Durant or a LeBron sitting courtside or something, it's like, I want to go That's even more. Even but if you really pay yeah, attention to, sure the to the, the game. game, if you play, you really pay attention to the game, because the game is great. I don't understand. If you like men's basketball, how can you not like – women's basketball Some, it's sport. like Some, it's, it's just is exciting it's just it's, it's just yeah and you see a little bit more oh deep. yeah we definitely see play a needed little needed. bit y'all, more deep y'all
1: play need. no deep <laughs> y'all game is a little longer than ours too so you'll see more people people talk yeah, about scoring yeah. and things like that you play y'all play a little longer than we do if we had that eight minutes we would probably be up up oh, the oh eight, eight? yeah the extra eight <laughs> is something though but um yeah no you hear yeah, it i mean it's just basketball, it's basketball. And and if you haven't watched it, if you just basing it off of you no know, shade, maybe your local girls in the community that you feel like you busting up at, are you feeling good at the rec center? You, know, or fitness, you know, getting, getting <laughs> buckets, you know, just don't be disrespectful to all the work and the time, you know, that, that we put into this game and the blood, sweat and tears we put into this game to make it at this level. And I guarantee you, our practice guys are, we play. We practice team, it's all guys. Play against yeah. guys play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all I used to the practice with, play in the with league, the And, you know, those are the caliber players we practice against. And I just think it's just ignorance. And people that usually disparage us disparage women in sports, are, period. You know?
2: Yeah.
3: Well, I just want to make sure that I let you know before, before we let you get up out of here. So I ain't never watched Notre Dame's women basketball until you got oh. there. My goddaughter, Deja Henry, you her favorite player. She even got a picture with you when y'all came and played the Sky in Chicago. She was at the game and got a picture with you, but we definitely, like we have everybody on here, man. We like to let them know that we noticed that what you did was huge. Like I, for real, I, I never paid no attention to Notre Dame women's basketball, period, but when you got there, it became a deal. And you know, they didn't obviously went on to do some great things to have players after that. But for me, in my mind, I, it started right there with Skylar Diggins. So I want to give you that credit. And hey, I flowers appreciate it. We could uh, go
1: back and forth with that. Cause y'all already know what I what I think about y'all <laughs> for the culture and everything that y'all done. But um, no, it's cool. It's dope. And you know, Thank it you. means something to me because I'm from South Bend. So maybe that's why it turned out like that because it was yep. genuine. You know, it was from the heart and everything. I I really had a passion to want people to have some stories, like what you just said. I didn't really know about this, but I know Notre Dame now. You know, girls didn't want to commit to Notre Dame at that time. They want to come there now. You know, it's awesome just to see the success that it's had. And I want to see it flourish. I have no, I don't care who's more successful. It's like records and things are meant to be broken. You know, and I wanna see it flourish. Definitely. I already got mine hanging up. I'm already immortal in there. I already got my band in there. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. Keep yes. adding. Them. Oh, Keep adding so I definitely appreciate y'all. Like I said, I appreciate y'all, y'all platform. This is like one of my favorite podcasts to watch. So I'm happy we were able to make it happen.
0: I oh, appreciate it. Absolutely. We appreciate it. That was like the outro right there, right?
2: Hey,
1: I didn't get one of these signs. <laughs> I didn't get a sign though. Like I didn't get nothing dope. You know, I didn't have nothing dope hey. that uh I wish I would have did something like a signature something, but y'all <laughs> y'all, y'all did
0: that. Y'all did that. Oh, man, no, you, you did your thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad the coach even embraced that for, for we can have even, like, people like you for, to come up and even seen that and took that with you. Like, man, that's that's dope for us. Like, we really, really appreciate that because we just want anybody who just said they liked our game or liked the way we rock. It's definitely a blessing. <laughs>
2: theplayerstribute.com